Neve Solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves Solicitors, your complete legal solution. A very warm welcome to The Parents Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I'm Lydia L. Curry. And I'm Cathy Weston. So it's a very happy Valentine's Day to you, Cathy. Did you get a card? So many, just so many. Yeah. I know, there's a, there's a post box bulging out there for us. <laughs> Frankly, we'll just have to open them all up after the show. Yeah. Because yeah. we're a bit busy this yeah, evening. Yeah, exactly. We've got important stuff to talk about. Now, we thought on this day of love that, you know, children probably want to talk about Fortnite and Clash of Clans or who's got the best best Xbox but we've got something way more interesting haven't we Cathy? Absolutely because turns out Lydia Latin, there are Latin lovers of Latin Latinists all over Hertfordshire That doesn't surprise me one bit whatsoever. It's, I mean I don't think, I think everybody kind of looks back with nostalgia on their Latin days at school, don't they? Yeah, some with more fondness than others. Yeah. But this entire show is devoted to people who really love Latin and the classical world. And when you start asking around, it turns out there are so many fans of Latin. And we thought we'd gather them together and do an entire show on the topic. So we've got young and old, teachers, parents, professors, and all of them will feature on tonight's show as we delve into the appeal of what people sometimes call the dead language, a dead language, and we're going to bring it back to life. I don't agree that it's dead, though, do you? After researching this show, it is absolutely, definitely not. In fact, I feel like I need to go back and do some Latin lessons because you feel like you really, you know, um, have a rich education if you know Latin because it opens up all these gateways. Absolutely. I mean, the whole history of Greek and Roman civilization. But um, so let's get into uh, let you know exactly who's going to be on the show tonight. So we're going to have Mr. Boker, Bowker, Bowker, um, Pat Weston from and both from Lockers Park School. We're going to have Lily, Libby and Ella Montgomery, um, who's the head of classics. Uh, Michelle Anderson from Beechwood um, Park School. Hello, Michelle. And we're going to have later in the show a secondary teacher and tutor of Latin, Emma Williams. And then we're ending the whole show, rounding off with a very famous professor called Professor Edith Hall. And all the lovely teachers who are here this evening know her. She is the um, professor of classics at King's College London. Wow. And love it. She's going to be giving away one of her many books to our avid Latinists this evening. Fantastic. Great. So stay tuned right to the last minute. We'll be with you just just in seconds before nine o'clock. So tonight's show is so busy. We're not even going to play a single song for you. We're going to go straight in to get the most from our guests. So first, sitting in front of us in the studio, we have Patrick and Ella. Um, Patrick is from Lockers Park and Ella is from Sir John Law's School. Welcome both. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very well, thank you. Thank you for coming on our radio show. So both of you, I've heard that both of you are crazy about Latin. You love it. Ella, let's kick off with you. Tell us about your love of Latin and where it came from. So I guess it all started with my nono and my mum because, well, my nono is a Latin teacher and my mum is very into the language. But the reason that I love it so much is because it's linked into history, which I'm really passionate about. And... I love that it's tied into many cultural cultural activities and 
When we went to Rome with my nonno, we saw many old Roman sites and we deciphered many inscriptions. So, for example, around the town of Rome, around everywhere, it said um, SPQR, which means Senatus Populusque Romanus, which means <laughs> the Senate and the people of Rome. Wow! Yeah. I need to write this down. This is amazing! And, um... Yes, so there's many Roman sites to see, like the Palatine Hill and the Imperial Palaces and then the Circus Maximus and the Forum. And in the Circus Maximus, it's basically a round, well, kind of a slit. So it's like a round circle with a bit of grass in the middle, which is called the spina, which means the spine, because it's right down the middle and it looks like the spine. Wow. Yeah. Does your nonno, which I think is, I did A-level Italian, everyone just saying, that means grandfather, doesn't it? It so does. Your special nonno, <laughs> nonno, yeah? Yeah. He, he, does he do, like, tours for other people? It sounds like he could do tours um, around Rome. I think he did when he was a teacher. Yeah. He did many trips with his students around Italy, um, Herculaneum, Pompeii, Vesuvius. I think he did them all. <gasps> wow. Um, yeah, so he's... He's taking he's taken us everywhere, really everywhere. Um, yeah, we learn a lot. So a you're lot. lucky. You, they have a granddad who's a Latinist as well, Lydia. But that's just going to bring it to life. What a dimension yeah. to have to learning a language. And you're completely right. Of course, it's steeped in history. Latin yeah. is just a great opportunity to learn so much about history. I'm a big history fan too. Yes, Pat, yes. tell us what. Tell us about your your interest in Latin. What is it that makes it what likes you like it? Well, it first start, I first started learning about the about Latin and Greek mythology when I found that there was a mode on Alexa that you could say that said, Alexa, activate knowledge of the gods. And what would happen? It would ask you five <laughs> questions. And um, much to my dad's surprisement, I got all five of them correct. Um, so I started um, growing my passion about that. And then I went into school one day and found that we were doing Latin and this was, it was just started year seven. And what had happened, we were learning Latin and every Saturday we would do a Greek mythology lesson. And uh, I found that I knew lots and lots about Greek mythology. I, I started to read Percy Jackson books about Greek heroes, Greek swords, all of that. And Patrick, what is it that you... Is, is useful about Latin to you, perhaps if you're, you know, what, what is it that you love about the language? Well, I think that it's very useful if you want to find where a word comes from or what it means. Let's say agricola, which in Latin means farmer. You get agriculture from it, which is the study of farming, and laudat, which means he praises, laudable, which means it, it's praiseworthy. So many words can be derived from Latin. Uh, also, it helps me with my with well with pronouncing the, my French because in Greek, well in in Latin actually, it's just so easy because you can pronounce words the way that the way they look. But in French, there's accents and you have to pronounce things differently. So you think Latin's a bit easier to learn as a student rather than French, perhaps? Yeah. But yet they're all interrelated, aren't they, Ella? All of yeah. these languages are just unlocking. Uh, Latin is the, perhaps the key that unlocks them all. Yeah, I think that, and especially because I'm going to continue learning Italian through my mum and my nonna. Um, Latin is definitely a big, big help for that, because, well, especially in Italian, but also English, 
the words, as Pat said, are exactly the same, pretty much. They all have the same roots. Um, they all basically come from Latin. Lovely. And what about, you've mentioned sort of the classical world and Greek mythology. Do either of you have a special interest, you know, a special myth that you really like? Um, I love Pandora's box because, well, I've always loved it because I love the understanding that for centuries since the Romans, people have always had the idea that whenever there's doubts or darkness in the world, there's always that small glimmer of hope. And I really love the idea that everyone's always known that. Lovely. That's a very, well, one that everybody knows, isn't it? Pat, yeah. do you have a favourite myth? Well, I'm pretty sure not many people may have heard of this. It's called the story of Cyrene, and basically she grows up in a tribe of men who are all battle-hardened veterans, but she's not allowed to fight in any of the wars. So she gets very annoyed, and she starts fighting. She gets very muscly, and eventually the god takes notice, <laughs> and, she, well, the god abducts her. Shall we say? That sounds a bit violent for me. We'll have to ask Mr. Bowker about that one later on. Now, here's a little thing I have up my sleeve. What about this? I filmed Alexa asking a question earlier on the power of the gods. Is everybody ready to answer it? Let's yeah. hope this... Uh, this has never been tried before on radio. So see if we know the answer to this Alexa question. Let's see if I can pull it up. So you just say, Alexa, open the power of the gods. Are you ready, Lydia? I'm ready. A number of the answer you think is correct. Let's begin. Question one. Which medical symbol is also a symbol of the god Hermes? One. The stethoscope. Two. An x-ray machine. Three. A syringe. Four. The caduceus. Wow. Who knows the answer to that? Oh, Miss Miss Anderson does over in the corner. What's the answer, please? It's the fourth one. It's the fourth one. What was the fourth one? I can't it remember. Well, she said caduceus, but wouldn't we say caduceus? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's a correct pronunciation. Well done, Miss Anderson. That's excellent. So we'll have to get you Top an Alexa marks. that you can use. <laughs> that's, so it is true that even Alexa has an app. So there's no excuses for anyone. We should all be building up our Latin knowledge. Um, also, we, we want to bring in here um, Lib uh, Libby's mum, uh, Ella's mum, sorry, Libby, and just ask you, I know that you were a, you know, yourself studied some amazing languages. We'll hear about that in a second. Can you tell us how you encourage Ella um, to learn Latin at home? Okay, so I think um, for Ella, she's already explained that she's growing up in a in a family who for whom there's not really much escape from the classical world actually when when i was younger we always used to go on holiday to visit classical sites and maybe my brother and i really wanted to go to the beach but we'd kind of get pulled along to another amphitheater and and i think ella and her brother are growing up in that kind of vein as well Definitely. and um and so i think it's it's just something that's within our family but I think it's really important for children to understand the benefit of learning a language like this. You said at the beginning that it's a dead language, but I think we're now really, children are really beginning to understand the impact it has on the rest of their learning, on learning of other languages, perhaps learning English grammar through learning Latin. I think now the curriculum's going back more to English being learnt in a more grammatical um, 
structure, I think Latin really can help reinforce that. And it, it, it only is dead if people stop learning it. Quite, absolutely. And I think also the benefits, if you, you know, if you want to study law or you want to study medicine, all of those terms that come from Latin um, will help you. But I think nowadays as well, as, as, as well as learning about the, the, the myths, um, Ella and Billy started off um, looking at the Usborne book of Greek and Roman myths, which has got fantastic illustrations and these great stories that are really, really brought to life in these books. Pat mentioned the Percy Jackson series, the heroes of Olympus, and um, they're just fantastic, particularly for boys. I think that adventure and learning about those those gods. Um, and Ella absolutely loved um, a series of books called The Roman Mysteries, which is um, adventure and kind of detective story, a bit like... Um, you know, a kind of detective series but set in the ancient world and it's got all sorts of mystery and intrigue. And there's lots of Latin terminology in that. Um, but I think, for the, I think for them it's really just trying to bring it to life and getting them, you know, not to be put off but understanding um, really the impact that it can have on them and, and getting them to enjoy it. Absolutely. And, and the thing is, and the, um, I hope you don't mind, I was just putting your photo on Facebook. <laughs> Fine. Um, but it, I think there are careers where Latin is actually critical, apart from anything else. I mean, we all, we all know about medicine, but actually languages, having Latin as a base is, yeah. is I mean, so I, I went on having done A-level Latin um, with my dad. He was, he was my teacher. There were only two of us in our state school in, in my particular year who studied Latin. But I then went on to university and studied medieval Italian and, um, and Occitan, which is a, a medieval Provençal. And for me, that just brought all of my love of languages together. And then I went off to live in Italy. And obviously, my love of Latin then kind of was when it enabled me to just carry on studying languages. And, and that's what I, I hope that lots of children will, will, will do if they continue to study Latin now. But that's what you can clearly see, Libby. You can see the passion you have and that you've, uh, you know, helped instill, you know, in your daughter, which is fantastic. It's absolutely brilliant. You know, instead of languages being one dimensional in fact in this case it's it's kind of multi-dimensional isn't it, it reaches into history geography you you name it it's, and it, it's, it's isn't it amazing you know in that family they know where to take their children to in, you know children are naturally interested in in the classical world and in all and you know you know you've been wonderfully guided ella haven't you yeah. so, so, so your knowledge has been and your interest has been so love beautifully nurtured hasn't it yeah and not only just at home although that's been a big part but also at school because at my school my English teacher is also my Latin teacher and she's amazing she incorporates the language and the history all together into one while we're learning about the English history as well and you know what Ella you've reminded me because Patrick you really enjoy singing in Latin don't you yeah and do you think the Latin helps you with with choral work definitely especially the pronunciations especially well when our music teacher likes to shout at us when we get it wrong <laughs> so, so you have to have your latin pronunciation that's right amazing. during singing singing in latin i hadn't thought about that at all that's brilliant yeah that's fantastic so we're going to have a little break and we're going to come back with two amazing teachers mr bowker from lockers park school and the amazing miss anderson michelle anderson from beechwood park so do not go away and we'll see you in a couple Family of life has its ups and downs, and at Neves Solicitors, we're here to help with all your legal matters. Whatever your circumstances, we know how to handle even the most delicate situations. 
Our experienced family law specialists offer friendly, sympathetic advice on everything from trust funds to property, from partnership breakdown to wills and probate. To arrange a free consultation, visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. A very warm welcome back to The Parent Show on Radio Verulam. And we have an exciting show tonight all about Latin, the classics and Greek yes. and learning all about it. I was going to say something in Latin there, but I, I wasn't sure it was accurate, so I won't. Um, yes, Are you pulling you. my leg? <laughs> <laughs> um, welcome, Mr. Bowker from Lockers Park School. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Welcome to The Parent Show. And Michelle Anderson, who's head of classics at Beechwood Park School. How are you? Thank you. Yes. We're very honoured. We're honoured to have you here. We've got so much to ask. I'm going to start off by saying, um, you know, Michelle, first of all, starting with you, how do you bring a, a, this dead language, as it's called, to life in the classroom? Let's ask both of you that. Michelle, start. Well, first of all, we introduced Latin in year five, and we use the wonderful book Minimus by Barbara Bell. Children are introduced to a real family that lived at Vindolanda near Hadrian's Wall. And Minimus is the ever-present little mouse that leads them through the book. They are picture stories illustrated by Dr. Helen Forte. The, the children absolutely love the pictures and they identify with the children, they identify with the family. A real family captivates the children's imaginations. This, the, um, the book goes down so well with them because, you know, it's, it's all about our history. They love to speak the language that the Romans used. And there are many different activities in each chapter. Latin's not just a language. To study Latin, we engage with the language, the literature, and the civilization of the Romans. It's all linked. And young children respond uh, with great energy to it, as you suggest. Oh, absolutely. In class, you know, there's lots of acting out of uh -huh. the chapters, playing uh -huh. games such as Simon Dekit, Simon Says, and they begin to familiarize themselves with the sound and the look of Latin. Lovely. And Mr. Bowker, you're carrying a cuddly toy. We need to know about that. Yes, yes indeed. Um, in the Latin cupboard in my room at Lockers Park, I have a whole stash of cuddly toys and these sometimes venture out into the classroom to help to illustrate a particular grammatical point. Uh, and here, sitting beside me in the studio, uh, is a woolly mammoth called From With By. And you might be wondering, why is he called From With By? We are, we are! He comes out to show how the ablative case works in Latin, because the ablative is for by, with or from. And this woolly mammoth roars with his voice, which you might just be able to hear. There he goes. He roars with his voice. So everybody runs away from him because they are frightened by his voice. So that's an example of how we use a cuddly toy in Latin to bring the grammar to life for them. Uh, we also, in a similar way, we start Latin in year six at Locus Park. And just as I've already heard, we start with a family in the Cambridge Latin course book one, Caecilius and his family, uh, who live in Pompeii under the shadow of Mount Vesuvius. And of course they don't know that the mountain under which they're living will become a volcano. And so we trace the lives of this family and they do role plays of the various stories in book one which start to engage them with the, with the classical world in that way. So there's nothing dull going on in the class 
classrooms of Beechwood Park School or Lockers Park, Lydia. They, uh, there's a lots of action, games, singing. And I know, Michelle, tell us about the plays that children do oh in Latin right. there. Yes. Oh, my goodness. They love that. At Beechwood, children absolutely love Latin because they speak it. Yes, in the summer term, we have the Latin Play Festival. And all children in years six, seven and eight speak Latin. Well-known myths and fairy stories are used, so children and the audience are familiar with the basic storyline. It's seen as an experiment. Um, we try to discover how it must have felt like to hear, to listen to Latin um, being spoken, and then to reply, to, to actually speak it. So it's an experiment in communication. I'm desperate and, to hear some Latin. Um, Everybody's desperate to hear people speaking well, Latin. Well, Latin has I? to be fun and vibrant if it is spoken. Children love the intrigue, the excitement and the challenge of speaking Latin. Brains have to engage and concentrate hard. For example, suddenly, uh, et, est, es, which until now have been regarded as French words, must be pronounced fully with final consonant sounded. And a certain amount of unlearning then has to occur. <laughs> And, um, you know, once pupils have made that leap, they are actually better able to accept the vagaries and idiosyncrasies of different languages. Um, and Michelle, can I interrupt? Yeah. Is it common in, for both of you, is it common to find children getting a little bit confused between the French and the Latin in terms of the pronunciation, Mr. Bowker? Yes, definitely. Yes. And, and also in the meaning of, of some of the words mm. as well, that uh, very often when they're doing some translation into Latin, which we do do uh, at Lockers Park. Uh, they put the French word très uh, for very instead of magnopere, so there's a bit of confusion between mm. French and Latin. But then we also use French in a, a positive way when we're looking at where... Latin words have come into modern Euro European languages. So we look at the Latin word decem, ten, which of course comes into the French dis for, for ten. So in many ways, the learning of Latin reinforces the learning of, of French, which is probably a good thing because the Latin classroom and the French classroom are next door to each other. <laughs> That's very convenient, isn't it? And Michelle, can I ask you, there's a common myth, I would say, that Latin Maybe it's quite a snobby subject. It's only for bright children. It's not for everyone. What would you say about that? Well, at Beechwood, it, Latin is for everybody. You know, it's empowering. It's uh, it's inclusive. Um, it it's it's a challenging it's a challenging discipline, um, but we make it accessible for everybody. You know, starting with minimus. Um, you know. It's, it's enjoyable, and when, when all children suddenly discover all the, you know, the, the, um, the Latin words that, that are hidden inside the tummies of English words, you know, annihilate, there's nihil, um, ameliorate, melior, uh, it's, 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 it's a, a voyage of discovery, it's an adventure, and there's something for everybody. It's an and odyssey. It is. Even I yes. know about but Odysseus. Yes. Is yes. Absol <laughs> absolutely. You know, it's a, it's a treasure chest. Latin is a, a never-ending treasure chest of words. 50% of English are, you know, are Latin words. And, and the spillover into French and science. You know, the periodic table, they come running to, oh, 
that's why, you know, it, it, iron is F-E and, and gold is A-U. It's, it's like a big octopus with tentacles. It spreads into every corner Fantastic. of the curriculum. And the thing is, children love a shortcut, don't they? And it, I mean, the joy it must be on their faces when they're sitting in, you know, biology or another class and they go, yes, I know because of Latin, you know. But be. I think there's an interesting point here that, you know, I, we've been talking, we will talk a little bit later about the provision of Latin in the state school sector because both of you work in, in, the, in the independent sector and I think I'm sure you're passionate about all children um, having access to Latin and uh, you can just see what a disadvantage it is if you don't have access to Latin you know it, it's such an important subject but even increasingly modern languages have, have been depleted in the, in the, in the, in the normal secondary mm. curriculum that's it exactly and I suppose there, it does get a bad press as a language I mean you know like the way we're, we're you know the the reputation is dead language and and silly things like that but i wanted to ask you both what about um living near the roman verulamium how what kind of a dimension does that add to your classes i think it, it brings latin to life in that this is something that they can actually go and see and touch rather than just reading about it in, in books mm. they can see that the romans lived real lives they can identify ways in which the romans were similar to us uh, as well as ways in which they were different and it starts to get them into the whole archaeology of it and realizing that they're all kinds of different forms of evidence that we use when we're finding out about the roman world literature gives us one dimension of it but of course many romans couldn't read or write anyway so the archaeology opens up this whole extra treasure chest of information. So if we're looking at what we can do with Latin outside, uh, we can do a lot worse than go to somewhere like Verulamium and have a very good look at what's there. And do you too, when you're on ho your own holiday, where's your favourite place that we may not have heard of, that the classics teachers go to, that you might enjoy? <laughs> well, there are all sorts of places, but I, ha I have to mention Vindolanda because of Dear Minimus, you know, um, I, just, I would just like to tell everybody that uh, the 25th and 26th of May, bank holiday weekend, there's going to be a Minimus weekend wow. at Vindolanda. And Barbara Bell herself will be there and Dr. Helen Forte, and they're going to be taster classes and all sorts of activities for the children and the whole family. And we'll be able to explore the incredible museum there, the wonderful site um, and it promises to be a wonderful weekend. So we're all going to be there Bank Holiday Weekend. Can you just repeat where it is geographically? Because lots of people may not have heard of it. Um, well, it's, it's, it's near Hadrian's Wall. Um, it's uh, quite near Holt Whistle. Okay. So if one sort of, uh, if one looks on the Minimus website, there will be uh, information. Did you know that, Lydia? Minimus has his own website. There is a I Minimus did. website. There's a Minimus website. Oh, yes. <laughs> the learning curve is very steep for me tonight. That's all I'm Well, saying. you know what you're doing bank holiday weekend. <laughs> Will I tell my husband that? We're off to... <laughs> How do you pronounce it? Vind... Vinderlander. Vinderlander. Yes. Oh, what yes. does that mean? Sorry, I'm being very naive. Well, it's just, it's it's just, just the name. place. It's the name of the place, oh. yes. Okay, so there was okay. a fourth there, but um, uh, yeah, it's uh, um, and it's Hadrian, well, well worth going. Yeah, we're going to definitely. Mm. And Hadrian's Wall, Mr. Bowker, is that if, when we're taking our children there? What should we be sort of pointing out to them? Or 
Yes, um, certainly. All all the artefacts that 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 were found there, the the mile castles, the the posts that were at each stage along the wall, and showing them those, and thinking about how the wall actually wasn't just there to keep the barbarians out, but actually when you look at bits of the wall, and particularly the the mile castles and the staging posts. There's evidence that actually this wall was used to try to encourage a bit of trade in and out uh, and people going to and from almost like a, a customs checkpoint or a control point. It wasn't just built to keep people out of the Roman Empire, but might have been there to encourage a little cooperation going on. So it's looking at kind of less obvious things like that so that we realise that, that the Romans in some ways were actually quite similar to us in, in many ways. Yeah, they weren't, uh, they were very sophisticated in the way they thought and, yes. and very innovative. Yes, certainly. Yeah. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. Mm. So back to mm. the classroom, I just wanted to ask again, um, what's your experience in terms of how children respond to you in the classroom, to, to you know, girls, boys? There has been a little bit of press recently um, in the news about um, a classics course at university where they they, they were really worried about the girls kind of excelling in the classics. But from what both of you have said, both boys and girls love the classical world and love learning these things. Michelle? Um, well, it's Valentine's Day today. I want to tell you that um, just today, two year seven classes, um, boys and girls, finished their Valentine cards. They're full of Latin imperatives and pronouns, Latin questions. Tu ne me amas? Do you like me? Dick me, he speak to me. Ego sum, see tu light eyes. I am happy if you are happy. The recipients include cricket bats, chicken nuggets, chocolate and pet rabbits and everybody has been having an absolute ball with them. Oh, I want some of those phrases in my Valentine's card. And tomorrow we're having fun with a perfect stem of verbs. We're going to do mottos. We'll take our inspiration from those famous three perfect tense verbs wainy, weedy, wicky and that's wow. how we'll get to grips with the perfect tense. <laughs> <laughs> I have no doubt that the grip will be got. <laughs> My gosh, the excitement in these classrooms. It's fantastic. And how, oh, you're teaching boys, Mr. Yes, Bowker. All boys. Yes. So what are they like um, to teach? I found at, at Lockers Park, again, if you can get the interest there, boys can become yeah. just as much engaged with the classics as, as girls it's can. It's the hook, and is it? And again, it's getting that first spark of interest and as we've already said this evening story is a wonderful way into all sorts of topics uh, whatever the subject but perhaps especially with the classics that if there's a good good greek myth that really engages their interest the rest will follow on from that i mean and you can use these greek myths to engage with modern life and very real uh, present-day issues. We, we were doing the story of Odysseus and the Cyclops with, with one group the other day uh, and how Odysseus is successful in blinding the Cyclops and escaping from the cave. But then when he's going away in the boat, he turns and looks and sees the Cyclops on the headland staring sightlessly seaward and he stands up in the boat and mocks him and makes the mistake of saying if anyone asks you who put out your one eye to make you uglier than ever tell them it was Odysseus 
son of Laertes of Ithaca. And of course, at this point, the Cyclops becomes really angry, for it had been foretold that he would lose his sight by this same Odysseus. So he prays to his dad, Poseidon, and asks for vengeance. And of course, from that point on, the journey of Odysseus became a nightmare, and Poseidon was always out to get him. And we use that story to talk about leadership. How good a leader was Odysseus during that episode in the Cyclops cave? Why does he put his men in danger at the very, very end? So looking at that and his leadership skills and the issues that are raised by this very famous story is very interesting and important for all kinds of present-day modern issues. And once you've got that interest there, then we can look at the Latin version of that story and they can engage with the Latin once they've got that uh, spark there uh, from the myth itself. So this is one of the best ways I've found mm. of, of getting them engaged at the start. Fantastic. Well, I know what that, a hook. Patrick, mm. you had a story you wanted mm. to, you heard in class about the, was it, a, it was about cabbages. So come and tell us what it is. Well, um, I'd heard in, um, by one particular person who I cannot remember, um, that Aphrodite, the goddess of love and beauty, um, the the dead body of her beloved, um, she placed in a patch of cabbage. So some people now call it dead man's food. That's Mr. Belko, is that correct? Wow. Now, that is actually something I have to confess that I didn't know. <laughs> but this is what I love about <laughs> occasions like this, just as I love it in the classroom when I learn something from them that yeah. I didn't know before, which, which can often happen uh, in the classroom. So and thank you so, very much th for there that. There is so much literature that they read that have these myths like Percy Jackson and, you know, other stories that they read where they, they're just connected to all of those things. And the they? Percy Jackson range is so interesting. I didn't realise from the, from the website that... There's all sorts of projects that you can follow up that, yeah. that you know, integrate the storylines of the book. Like, it, it really is. It's on another level, isn't it's it? fantastic. Can I just ask our Latin teachers just a quick question? Do you think there's any truth to the idea that children who are more mathematical tend to be better at Latin? Or is, is that just... Uh, do you think... Do you see that? Do you see a pattern? Well... Probably, you know, the, 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 the translation aspect, the, it does require a certain logic um, because of the inflections. Latin has all these um, secret code endings um, and it, it is, uh, you know, a delight for the, the, the math mathematically inclined. But, you know, at, at Beechwood we, we, we use it to to help everybody to become um, a problem solver, you know. So ah, right, the other way around <laughs> back then. Yes, mm -hmm. great. Yes, I, I would certainly agree with that. And it does have a similarity to, to maths in that you're often following a very logical process through to get to the answer, and you can't just put down the first thing that comes into your head. There is a rigour to it. And you do have to look at things closely and analyse things. But I think that's a skill that will be useful to them 
not just for maths, but all sorts of other subjects as well, the problem-solving and this ability to work things out. Absolutely. Abs that makes yeah. complete sense, obviously, yeah. because guesswork's good for nobody, you know, and if it stops you, yes. and if you know you're going to get nowhere just by guessing and you've got to just methodically work through it, it's a great it's life a, skill. It's with, a life skill. Without a doubt. Mm. Yeah, without I think that decoding they really mm. love, and I think mm. that's why they love translation. It's quite interesting mm. to do. So, um, just to, we're just going to say that um, our next part of the show, we're going to be speaking to Emma Williams who's a state school secondary teacher so to hear what happens when children are a little bit older and following that we'll speak to Professor Edith Hall so we'll ask our teachers to remain in the studio and we can have a more of a chat about um, you know how children access Latin later on and certainly in state school if that's okay is that okay great and later on in the show we're going to be um, Edith Hall's actually going to be giving away one of her books which is terribly exciting so we've got some questions for Ella and Patrick so they're not off the hook yet we'll be doing that a little bit later on <laughs> a very warm welcome to the parents show on this lovely Valentine's evening and we're not talking about love in any kind of convention sense we're talking about love of Latin isn't that right Cathy? We should really ask what's is it amo I love in Latin Mr. Bowker? That's right yes. Okay. I've now told is. Mr. Bowker I love him in Latin <laughs> I'm saying, is it, I don't know how to say that how do you say I love you Michelle to when I go home to my husband? Ego te amo. Oh my goodness I'll do that I'll do that I'm ego sure, te amo in Italian it's te amo anyway. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, enough about love and all the rest of it. Love and hearts. We're hopefully Emma Williams is on the phone. Are you there, Emma? Hello. Hi. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. Emma, you have spent 20 years teaching in the state secondary sector. And I know you're also a tutor in for, you know, private tutor for Latin. Yeah, 20, is it really 20 years? I'm afraid <laughs> it says that on your website, Emma. So I'm afraid to tell you it's true. I know, I, I, I know. It's, 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 a, it's a horrifying thought. But yeah, 20 years. And yeah, all in the state sector. And um, Emma, tell us, how fashionable has Latin been with pupils over that time period that you've been teaching? Well, I have, I've never struggled to recruit. Um, both the schools that I've worked in, I've, I've built it up from very small numbers to... To huge. When my, I left my previous school, I left an A-level group of 26, um, which is probably a record, I think. Um, and yeah, I, I have found that students absolutely love it. And, and I have to say, I'm feeling deeply inadequate here because I don't, use, I don't have any cuddly toys. <laughs> uh, I don't think I've ever done any Valentine's cards either, but... Um, so I'm probably the dullest teacher out there. Um, but I find, I mean, um, the, the word rigour was used a couple of minutes ago, and I, I find students really respond to that rigour. They really do. And Emma, tell us, um, we're obviously working with secondary school students. When they choose to do um, Latin, say GCSE or something like that, are they? do they have a genuine love for the subject or are they sort of interested in what careers they can do with it? Or are you constantly being asked by parents, you know, oh, what's the point of learning Latin? What, you know, what, what are they going to do with it later? Yes, I, I, I do get asked that a lot. Um, some, some parents are very on board from the beginning um, and they... they, they they have a general understanding of, of the value in it, not least in a um, it, its commercial value. They know it's very valued by the top universities um, at the very least, and, and a lot of them have a, a, a broader understanding than that. But some, I mean, I've had 
very rude phone messages left for me saying things like, you know, my daughter will not be studying Latin because she doesn't see the point and neither do I. So, um, so some people, yeah, really, really don't get it. And that's one of the reasons why um, I feel very strongly that it, uh, one of the first things I did when I joined my new school was to say, well, it has to be compulsory for the sector of students that we're offering this to because there are parents that simply won't encourage their students to volunteer for it because they don't understand the value of it. Yeah, um, I mean, so, that's right. So really, it's about, you know, putting it in front of, of students, giving them the opportunity to try it. Um, and then I've had parents come to me and say, well, I, I, I didn't really understand this, but she seems to love it or he seems to love it. And and um, and they they are converted. We've talked a lot about, you know, the, the benefits to children and the interest they have in it. But let's talk about what's happening in the modern world, Emma. What is it that Latin and an interest in, in those sort of stories and that civilization? What can it what can we learn about, you know, that's applicable to modern life? Um, well, well, let's think about science. Um, I mean, all of the modern sciences began their development five or six hundred years ago. Um, and that was done by men, and they were men, largely, um, who knew their Latin and Greek. So all of those intimidating words in biology, chemistry, physics, astronomy, and so on, they all have Latin or Greek origins. Um, and I've been contacted by students over that over that 20 years, um, thanking me, saying, well, I, actually, I found my human anatomy classes far easier than everybody else because of my Latin. And, and you know, these are sometimes students who only took it to GCSE level. Um, but because of that grounding in the language, um, which was then applied when all of these scientific terms were being defined and invented, they they find it a huge advantage. And do you think that there's a, an age that it's a good time to learn, Emma? Do you think it's better not when you're too young and obviously not when you've left school or or, or do you think it can, it can be taught any time? That's a really good question. This is something I found my tutoring has, has changed my views a lot because I've always been a secondary school teacher um, and Latin is, is very challenging. There's, there's no doubt about it. And I think in the past I probably would have felt that actually this is for older students and it's challenging. And, but actually, I've, through my tutoring, I've, I've met much younger students and I've looked at what some schools present them with and thought, my goodness, you know, they're, they're presenting them with this stuff very, very young and they're coping with it. And it's actually made me question, raise the bar of, of what I expect of, of my older students, actually. So so working with students of, say, I suppose the youngest students I've worked with would be eight or nine, and, and seeing what they can cope with and how they can absorb grammar, I mean, proper grammar, has has really made me think, wow, actually... They're well they, able. They can really... Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I can guarantee that Miss... Miss Anderson is nodding her head in agreement to you. Ah, Mr. Bowker, <laughs> yep, you've got it. You've got three Latin teachers saying the same thing. Emma, can I ask you about you know the the sort of there there feels feels like there might be more provision for Latin in the independent sector, you know, and and often people will complain about that that the state sector you know isn't doing it enough. What's your kind of general view on that? It it, it is a problem, um, and uh, it's something. I mean, if you read read the papers it, it comes up whenever there's a gap in the times they talk about the 
the, the resurgence or the decline of classics. It's, it's a popular topic when they've got a space to fill. Um, and it is a huge problem in state schools. There, there is a, there's a lack of investment um, it, for the long term. There's quite a lot of tokenism in the state sector. You know, we'll do it as an after-school club. Um, so we'll, or we'll do it as a lunchtime club, and they, they sort of expect it to miraculously grow from that. Um, I'm very lucky in the, the comprehensive school that I'm in. Um, I mean, the job was advertised as part-time, but I had the, the cheek to ring them up and say, well, I can teach English as well, and if you'll have me, uh, I need a full-time job. Uh, and they did employ me, and they, they took a real gamble investing in a full-time teacher, which was not their plan. Um, but actually what I've then since then done is to build it up to an extremely viable department with very healthy numbers at, at GCSE level. So That's great um, to hear. It, it, it's it's, it's kind of dependent required... on, on the teacher's interest and, and capacity and desire and enthusiasm to, to offer it in the state sector, perhaps. I think it is. It also does require that that belief from management level and their willingness to to take that chance on somebody so there are a lot of state school jobs advertised as very part-time um and that that unfortunately is is rarely enough to attract the the fantastic graduates that are coming through the classics so i'm just um, um, i'm just going to bring in libby here because um libby was uh, ella's mother who was on earlier you you actually studied a level latin in a state school and libby yeah, I mean, so I didn't hear much of the previous conversation, but yeah, I studied in, in um, a state school. Um, as I said, my, my dad was actually my teacher, but it was a very, very successful classics department that was built up at this state school. I think the difficulty now, and I'm, I'm a school governor, so I'm now seeing it from, from the kind of governor's perspective, I think the difficulty now is, is, is funding. It comes down to a choice. Mm. Um, you have a, a finite pot of money, and you need to decide you know, how it's going to be spent. And I think, unfortunately... Unless people really understand the benefits, as we've talked about this evening, of studying Latin and the classics and, and, and this kind of civilization and, and what it can do for children's problem solving and all those things that we've discussed, unless that's really supported, I have a fear that in the state sector it, it will struggle. And actually, Emma, this evening, Professor Hall, Edith Hall, who's on after you, she has an entire campaign devoted to boosting Latin in secondary schools. So she's a great ally for you as well. <laughs> and uh, Emma, I know you have so many, even amazing website. We're going to flag it up on our Facebook page. And you have some lovely resources that you have created on Quizlet for um, pupils uh, that I believe are available for free. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I, I even have a YouTube channel. Which I've heard about your YouTube cha exciting. channel when I was researching <laughs> you, and everybody loves your YouTube channel. Yes, my year 10 seem to find it very exciting. Um, yeah, it's where all the kids are. Um, so, yeah, they, they get very excited. But obviously, when you actually go on there, it's probably quite dull, unless you are actually studying those, those texts. Um, but I've had some lovely messages from students who, who are not in, in my school or, and neither do I tutor them, but have made use of it. And that's that's really thrilling. And also you mentioned Pipiatum. Is that a fantastic Apple app for common entrance? Pipi yes. Pipiatum, excuse my pronunciation. Pipiatum, yeah, absolutely, well, yes. We're going to put links to your resources on our website if anyone's interested in taking up Latin or getting their child tutored in it. Emma is available. So thank you so much, Emma. And hopefully you'll listen and at home um, to our interview with Edith. 
Absolutely, I certainly will. Thank you. Take care, Emma Williams. Thank bye you. Bye bye. Bye bye. So we've talked about um, Emma. Uh, she teaches in the state sector. You know, there's a great. These Latin teachers are full of enthusiasm and amazing passion. passion. You know, there's an old sort of image in your head of someone teaching Latin, and you just think, oh, it's just going through the sort of the old verbs. But these classrooms are full of vibrant. Uh, I I have a confession to make. <laughs> I did a Latin course at Vienna University because I, I had to, or else I couldn't do my masters, and it was everything the stereotype is it was just come Amo, by road completely <laughs> you, i mean what i've heard this evening just dramatically changes everything i've experienced with latin it's fantastic i know it's great so hopefully we have our amazing final guest on the show and that is professor edith hall are you there edith i am indeed well, thank you so much for joining. You're a bit of a celebrity in the Latin world, I hear, in the classical world. <laughs> I don't know what you base that on. <laughs> well, the fact that you've written right, 20 books and you are the Professor of Classics at King's College London. And it was very, very, we're honoured to have you on the show. Oh, thank you. We've just been talking be about the provision of Latin, you know, the slight inequality in terms of where it's patchy around the country in terms of yes. how, the access that children have to it. How do you yes. feel about that? Well, I'm, I wish in, in an ideal world, I would like to um, see um, absolutely every conceivable subject and every conceivable language available to all our teenagers. Um, but the sad fact is that the 93% of our young people who are in state education have almost no access to Latin, no access to Greek. But there is actually a solution, and that is in the qualifications um, in classical civilization and ancient history, which um, can are taught in translation, but they're wonderful introductions to the worlds of the ancient Greeks and Romans, very, very wide-ranging. And these are very... Uh, cheap and easy to roll out in any school because you don't need a qualified classics teacher a teacher of english or history can do them so that's what i've been campaigning for um we could actually have 100 percent of all state schools offering these subjects within a couple of years if um we can just get the will T sorry would you mind telling what, what are the two languages again that you mentioned the two subjects um, okay one of them is called classical civilization and the other is called ancient history and these are taught, offered by the OCR exam board and um, large, large numbers of, of, of young people take them now. I mean, in the state system, we've got uh, 10 to 15,000 people taking these qualifications, but they could actually be made available to absolutely every teenager in right. the land with very little effort and very little money. So no, school, no secondary school needs a specialist classics teacher if they if they can a history teacher could teach that yes and uh, any history can with it with um i mean my, my own college we're, we're, we're offering this july upskilling courses for just a week um and i found it really very um easy if I, I i find that there tends to be an enthusiast for for ancient greece or ancient rome in, in most schools whether it's an english teacher or a history teacher um, sometimes I've even got one of our star teachers in Milton Keynes was a physics teacher, still is a physics teacher. Fantastic. He, he got very interested in the ancient Greek world because, of course, the origins of science are in Greek antiquity. And he now has hundreds of young people doing the classical civilization A-level. So, um, okay, so there are no excuses then. We've got, none, no, none, we've, you've none. heard it here uh, so, on Radio Verona. And the upskilling courses, can we find them on the 
on the King's College website? Well, you, you've got, there's shortly, actually, just next week, we're going to be advertising um, a course which will be entirely subsidised uh, for uh, 30 teachers um, for this July. Um, but you'll need to go to the website of, of the campaign I'm reading, which is, is wonderful because we've, I've actually got government money. I've finally got the government Fantastic. to take notice. And uh, the website for that is um, Ace Classics, all one word, aceclassics.org.uk. And uh, we're looking for any enthusiastic teacher anywhere in England, wow. Scotland, Wales or Northern Ireland Amazing. Um, who, who, would, who, would, who would like to um, get a taster of, of these different courses. And we're not finding it difficult to get those. And then what I do tend to do, the problem is head teachers, cynical senior management teams and so on, who are very, very focused around STEM subjects. Um, and so I, tend, I sort of fly in and, and, and persuade them, and, and that, that usually works quite well. So that's fantastic. So if we have parent governors listening, or indeed teachers listening, so exactly. you can absolutely lobby your school to get this on the agenda. You can, and uh, I will come in and help. Okay, you're coming to St Albans in that case. Everybody's <laughs> giving it the thumbs up in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um, Edith, mean, your whole programme has been on just how... Uh, intellectually helpful contact yes. with classical antiquity is to, to young people. Yeah. Um, and, and I say, I, I think I've actually, you know, found the practicable solution um, that's um, wonderful. That, that doesn't involve huge expense. And, that's uh, right. Certainly at my college now, we take people for, for, for classics degrees. Um, which, you know, we'll teach them Latin or Greek if they want to learn it, but um, it's completely open to people Brilliant. who've got this kind of qualification. So, Edith, we're running out of time. I just want to say to you, you have published so many books, but one of your books, it's an introduction to ancient Greek. We yeah. want to give away a copy this evening. Now, before we do that, Ella, who's here, who's 13, she has a question to ask oh, you. I would love about... to hear that. We're just swinging the microphone around. Hi. Um, Hi, so, Ella. I'm 13, so what were you like in terms of your passion for Latin and the classics and the history of it at my age? Oh, heavens. Well, I um, got hooked by, first of all, watching a movie called Jason and the Argonauts in the 1960s, which had incredible special effects. And then I started reading um, The Odyssey with illustrations. Oh, yeah, I think I've read uh, them. And I just thought this was the most magical thing I had ever read in my life. And then I was taken to see Euripides' Medea, which is a really stark tragedy about man and woman splitting up and the mother killing the children. <laughs> I know, but as a teenager who knew an awful lot about rowing parents and, and children in the middle. I think, I think teenagers can cope with this stuff and they love the honesty of ancient mythology. Um, I think there's an incredible sort of marriage between the teenage mind actually in the ancient Greeks and Romans. Brilliant. Well, we're going to give away one of copy of your introduction to ancient Greek. Do you have a question for our listeners? Okay, my question is, I want to make a movie of the Odyssey, and I have actually had some talks with some screenwriters who are quite famous. Who would you cast as Odysseus out of all the famous actors out there now? You know, would it be Gerard Butler? Who would it be and why? Because he's got to be big, strong man, but he's also got to be really wily and a bit I sinister. Love it. Well, so I think Ella has a suggestion. Cast? Ella, you're saying Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Patrick, who do you think should play Odysseus? Patrick heard the question. So who would you cast, what film star would you cast as, as Odysseus? As Odysseus. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, to be honest, I don't really know many actors. Um, <laughs> I think Leo DiCaprio. Uh, I, I do know who Leonardo DiCaprio is, though, so I probably further that. Do you okay. think? Do you think he'd make a good Odysseus? What about Mickey Rourke? He's quite good, isn't he? Mickey Rourke from that Avenger Incredibles film or something. Oh, yes. Is he, is uh, he smart enough? And what about Odysseus, who's the most intelligent man in the world, as well as the, the physically strong? Yeah, Mickey Rourke definitely isn't. So, guys, <laughs> we're, we're, we're absolutely running out of time. Thank you so much to all of our guests this evening. Pleasure to talk to you. And hopefully, um, Professor Hall will have you back on our show at another point. I would love to come back and talk to you all. So, thanks I so love much. Thank you. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Beatwood Park you. School, Lockers Park School, Ella, Libby, Patrick, and Emma Williams. All the very best. Good night. Good, Good night. night. Family life has its ups and downs, and at Neve's Solicitors, we're here to help with all your legal matters. Whatever your circumstances, we know how to handle even the most delicate situations. Our experienced family law specialists offer friendly, sympathetic advice on everything from trust funds to property, from partnership breakdown to wills and probate. To arrange a free consultation, visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neve's Solicitors, your complete legal solution.